Let's go, let's go, We are learning the Ilinishmas, my mother, Yimim Marasi, Necha, Bas Chaim Zedol. We are learning the Ilinishmas, the Kadoshim, all those of our Chainu Kol Beis Yisrael who we've lost, who have been taken from us since October 7th. And we're learning Bezachus, our Chayalim, they should be victorious very soon to eradicate the evil of Hamas and all of our enemies from our midst, Bikarov. Okay, we're on Chaf Aleph, Amin Aleph 21a. We're on the first line by the two dots. The next case of proving from the Mishnah how we know that these mitzvahs can only be done during the day. So, Ula Arifas Ha'agala, right? The breaking of the neck of the, the Egla Arufa. As we said, it's a case of where there was a corpse that was found between two cities and the elders of the cities were not uh, could not claim that they knew or they didn't know who the murderer was. So, we measure which city was closest, and to the city that was closest, the elders of that city, to atone for their city. They bring this calf, they break its neck in the middle of the field. So Amre, the Bey Rabbianai, so the Bey Rabbianai says, uh, the study hall of Rabbianai, it says, Kaporoksiv ba kekadshim. So it does write kapara, it's atonement, just like by kadshim. And if you remember last episode, at the end of last episode, all, all the things regarding kadshim, we said the Malika, the Shrita, the Kamitsa, the Haktara, the Hazia, all those things we pr- we proved that they were during the day. Biyom, Savaso, on the day. So we equate the Arifa Sagola as well. It's a daytime mitzvah. Ulataras Mitzora, the purification of the Mitzora, the one who had the skin defect. So Dirsiv as it writes in Vayikra Yudalid Posuk Base, Zos Tihyet, Toras HaMitzora, Biyom, Tahara. So this is the Torah of the Mitzorah, the laws of the Mitzorah, on the day of his purification. So you see, once again, the daytime. Okay. Then it said, Kol halayla, kasher l'katsira sa'omer v'chuleh. And the entire night, we said, was kasher for the reaping of the Omer offering the day after the first day of Pesach, that night. To Amar Maharazmar said, Katsira usfira balayla v'havabiyom. Regarding that mitzvah, the katsira, the reaping, and the counting of the Sfira Omer, right? Accounting, that's a nighttime thing. And the hava, the bringing of it to the base of Mingdash, that is a daytime mitzvah. And then it says, to burn the fats and the uh, the limbs, the parts the, that, that go up on the Mizbeach. So, as it writes, this is in Vayikra, Parak Vav, Pasuk, Bez, Kol Halayla, You burn them in the entire night until the morning. So, you see, it is a nighttime mitzvah. Then at the end of the Mishnah, we had a general rule where it said, Zehaklal, this is the rule. Davar Anything which it's mitzvah during the day, it is kosher the whole entire day to perform that mitzvah. So Zehaklal So this general rule, what is it coming to include outside of what we already quoted in the Mishnah? It's coming to include the arranging of the frankincense, the vessels of the frankincense that was placed next to the Show bread the lechem upon him. Vesiluk bezichin and the removal of the bezichin. They would keep him there all, the entire week. Let's say on Friday you remove it, you put up the new one. So Yosi, and it's like the opinion of Rabbi Yosi. The Tanya, as I was talking to Bryce, Rabbi Yosi Omer, Rabbi Yosi says, "Silek es hayeshana shacharis vesider es hachadasha arvis." And then it says, "Ein bekachlum." If you remove the old showbread at uh, in the morning. And you see there, and you arrange once again the new one for the upcoming week at the evening before it's night, but in, you know evening time, 
when it's still daytime before sun has set. You have done nothing wrong. It's totally fine. And then, so this is really the machlokas as to what, uh, how, could there be a, a pause in the time where the actual lechem upon him is on the shulchan? So the Gemara asks, and this is based on that b'risa, umani mekayim, so it's really the b'risa speaking, umani mekayim lifnei Hashem tamid. So how do I establish, how do I fulfill the pasuk in Vayikra, Perik Chavdal, Pasuk Ches, where it says, it was in front of Hashem tamid always, continuously. We're asking on Rabbi Yossi, if Rabbi Yossi is allowing there to be a time, pretty much the whole day, where you have no bread on the shulchan, so how are you fulfilling this pasuk of that it's in front of Hashem always? So the answer is shulchan below lechem. You shouldn't have a day where the shulchan doesn't have bread on it. That is fulfilling tamid. Doesn't mean that it has to be constant. Now the chachamim say who disagree with Rabbi Yossi that actually you you have to make sure that the bread's always on, and therefore when you remove it simultaneously as you remove the old. You have to put in the new ones. There can't really be a moment because it has to be Tamid. But according to Rabbi Yossi, Tamid, what does it mean? It means that every day I have um, I have on the Shulchan bread, even though on this, particularly on this Friday, you removed it in the morning, but you put it back in the evening before it was dark. So therefore you have fulfilled Tamid. And it's kind of like how we define Tamid when it comes to, let's say, Torah learning. Let's say the Tamid Shul Shachar, Tamid Shul Ben Arabayim. Right, the idea that Tamid also is viewed as you have something every single day. It doesn't have to be constantly 24-7, but you have it every single day. You have fulfilled the mitzvah of Tamid. But that has to happen during the daytime, right? It's removal and placing of the bread is in the daytime. Okay. And then the last part of the Mishnah said, And a mitzvah which is done at night, it's kasher the entire night. What does this come to include? So this is coming to include, It's coming to include the eating of the carbon Pesach. And it's not like the opinion of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Ditanya, the famous machlokas that we have, where it says in the Brayza, you're supposed to eat the meat on this night. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, Namar, it says, Khan, Belayla, it says here at night, Belayla has that, says at this night, and it says later on in Shemos Yud Beis, Yud Beis, it says, Vavarti, Baeret Mitzrayim, Belayla has that. That I passed over Mitzrayim Balaylaza on this night. So Malahala and Anchatzos, just like over there, it's until midnight, right? Akash Baruchu passes over the homes that had the blood on the doorpost until midnight. So Avkan, so to the eating of the Karman Pesach is Anchatzos, it's until midnight. That's Rebbe Lozer Ben Azariah. But we, at least in this Gemara, we're saying the opinion of, I think it is Rebbe Akiva, who says that you have the entire night to eat the carbon Pesach. Okay, beautiful. Now we're up to Perik Gimel. Okay, Yashrikach, up to Perik Gimel. Now this is getting into, and just one side note or one note of introduction. I, I find it to be very interesting. We're going to get into the halachos of reading the Torah, you know, a weekly reading of the Torah and reading the Torah on Yom Tovim and on Shabbos. These are the halachos of reading the Torah. However, it is introduced through the reading of the Megillah. So I find it to be very interesting, as if something that, that we mentioned in the very introduction, that there's something unique about the Megillah that it brought to the forefront, and we see it through the Takanos of Ezra, the idea of reinstituting or really um, creating and forming a structure within Am Yisrael to constantly be committed to the learning of Torah and the reading of Torah. And that might have stemmed from the Kimu Vakibu Hayahudim, 
the re-acceptance of the Torah that Klai Yisrael did at the times of Purim, which, of course, is orchestrated through the Megillah. Okay. That being said, let's do the Mishnah. Okay, you read the Megillah, you can read it standing or sitting. If one person reads the Megillah, or even if two people read simultaneously, Yatsu, you have fulfilled the mitzvah. You're okay. And it says, In a place where they have the minhag to say the bracha, you say the bracha. In a place where they don't, you don't say the bracha. Now, at this point, it's unclear what does that exactly mean. Does it mean that there are some places that don't say the brachos at all regarding the Megillah? Okay, so we'll have to see. Now it gets into the reading of the Torah. Not the Megillah, but the Torah. It says, On Monday and Thursday, and on Shabbos by Mincha, you're supposed to have three aliyos, three people read. You're not supposed to have any less than three, and not any more than three. And also, we do not read from the Navi. We don't have Aftara by Monday, Thursday, or Mincha on Shabbos. A person who opens up and the person who closes the Torah, meaning the first Aliyah and the last Aliyah, they say the bracha before and after. Now, what, we'll see what exactly what does that mean. That, does that mean that they that each one says the bracha before and after? Or does that mean the first one says the bracha before and the last one says the bracha after? Okay, we'll see. Then we have Baroshe Chadoshim on Rosh Chodesh, and during Chol HaMoed, Koirin Arba, you have four Aliyahs. Ein Poichasin Mehen Vein Mosif Again, you're not supposed to have any less than them. You can't have any more than four. And you also don't have half Torah on Cholamoid or Rosh Chodesh. The one who opens up the first Aliyah and the last Aliyah, they say the Bracha before and after. And of course, we'll have to clarify what that means. So this is the rule. Whenever you have a day where you have Musaf, like Chalamoed, or sorry, whenever you have Musaf and it's not a Yomto, so like Chalamoed, like Rosh Chodesh, Korin Arba, you always have four Aliyos. However, Biyomto, if you have a Yomto, Chamisha, you have five Aliyos. Biyom Kippurim, on Yom Kippur, you have Shisha, six Aliyos, and Bishabbos Shiva, on Shabbos, you have seven. And Ein Poichasin Mehen, you can't have less than those numbers. Aval Mosifin Alehen, but you're allowed to, you're allowed to add on to them. Okay, so we're going to have to see, is that referring to all those days or just Shabbos, right? Because on Shabbos, maybe there would be a, the ability to not um, have to worry about how many aliyahs you have. But like if you have on more than six on Yom Kippur, if you add on to those, maybe you're losing the identity of Yom Kippur or same thing with Yom Tov. Well, we'll see. Okay, and also you do have, you do have Aftar. So it does sound actually like that idea of you're allowed to add on to them is is applying to what is it applying to? It is applying to Yom Tov, Yom Kippur, and Shabbos because we do have Maftir, we do have Navi by those days. And then it says, So the one who opens up, kind of like the first Aliyah, and the one who closes, the last Aliyah of the Torah, you say the bracha before and after. Okay, let's get into the Gemara. So Tana, so it was taught, Masha'in came by Torah. So just to clarify, that first line in the Mishnah that said that you're allowed to read the Megillah standing or sitting, and you're allowed to read one or even two people. So the Tana says, Mash'in kim Torah. That's not the case by the Torah. You're not allowed to read it 
here Rashi does say, not allowed to read it sitting. So it's just referring to that specific halacha of standing and sitting. The Torah have to read standing, not sitting. Where do we know this from, though? Uh, so Amar Rabbi Avos, Rabbi Avos says, we said this to Amar Kra. The Pasuk says, in Devarim, Parakei, Pasuk, Chavches, it says, Ve'ata po amod imadi. HaKadosh Baruch was speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, recant, retelling of the story of Mabed Harsinai and the receiving of the Torah, Hashem says to Moshe, and you, you are here, stand with me. Right? The teaching of the Torah, Moshe is supposed to stand with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Amar Rabbi Avahu, and Rabbi Avahu also says, And if he says, and if it wasn't for the Pasuk saying this, it would be impossible to say such a thing. It's a meaning to say, as if to say that even Akash Baruch Hu was standing, so to speak, at that time when he was teaching Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Amar Rabbi Avahu, and Rabbi Avahu also teaches, from where do we know that a rav, a rebbe, should not be sitting on top of uh, on a couch, right, reclining, so to speak, or being very comfortable and teaching and teaching his talmido, his students al gabe when they are on the floor. Shnemar, as it says, and you here stand with me, meaning Moshe Rabbeinu is being told by Kadosh Baruch you're going to stand with me. We're on the same playing field when we learn Torah together. So it shouldn't be that a rebbe and his talmidim are on different levels right, in a way like subservient to the Rebbe, that they're on the ground and he's on a nice chair. Rather, they should be either sitting on the ground together or all sitting on benches together or maybe even standing together. Okay, Tan Rabban and the Rabbis taught. From the days of Moshe until Rabban and Gamliel, we're talking about Rabban Gamliel Hazakain, who uh, was the Talmud of Hillel, I think. Right, it says, Lo hayu el From the days from Moshe Rabbeinu until Rabbi Gamliel Hazakein, they would only learn Torah standing. However, Mishemes Rabbi Gamliel, but when Rabbi Gamliel died, Yarad Chole Laolam descended upon the world a Chole, like this sickness, this weakness. Torah And then they started learning Torah sitting down. Wow. Okay, it was like a weakness, and now we can only focus as we were sitting down. Behind the Tanan, this is what it was taught in a Mishnah. Mishemes Rabban Gamliel Batal Kavod HaTorah. This is what the Mishnah says in Sota that when Rabban Gamliel died, what happened? The Kavod HaTorah became uh, nil. It was uh, made null and void, so to speak. It like it went the way the true honor of Torah went the way, and that's why a true honor of Torah is to learn when you're standing. But they started to sit down because of their weakness. And you see that Kavar HaTorah was batel. It was uh, it was taken. Okay. So, Kasuv Echad Omer. So, the one Pasuk says in Devarim, Parak test Pasuk test, it says, Ve'eshev Bahar, that I sat by the mountain. The Kasuv Echad Omer. Another Pasuk, it's in Devarim, Parak Yud Pasuk Yud, it says, Ve'anuchi Amati Bahar, that I stood by the mountain. So, what's going on here? You have on one place, he's saying, I was, I was sitting. Another place, he says, I was standing. Now, by the way, this brings us back to the question of, we said that from Moshe to Rabbi Gamliel, they always would stand. But here, the experience of Har Sinai being retold by Moshe Rabbeinu and Devarim seems like he's saying that I did sit and I also stood. So I'm a Rav. So what does Rav say? Omed velomed yoshev vishone. What happened? They were standing and learning for the first time. And then they sat down to review what they learned, what he learned. <clears throat> so that's what he means. The initial learning, though, was, was, was learned <coughs> when he was standing. Rabbi Chanino, Rabbi Chanino says, Lo omed velo yoshev, ela shucha. Right, so Rabbi Chanino says, no, he, we have to 
have this mafria benehem, machria benehem, the idea of compromising between the words of sitting and standing. He said there he wasn't standing or he wasn't sitting. Rather, he was like bending down. He was like bowing. He was in this bending position as he was learning Torah. It's a kind of in between standing and sitting. And then Rabbi Yochanan Omer, Rabbi Yochanan says, Ein yeshiva el lashon akava. He says, don't get too caught up with the word va'eshev, which you would think would mean sitting. Rather, the word sitting is none other than akava, kind of being prevented to leave, staying there, being in its place. doesn't mean you're sitting there. Shnemar, as it says, this is in Devarim, Perak Aleph Pasuk Mem Vav, where it says, Vateshvu Bekadesh that they settled in Kadesh for many, many days. And I think the Drusha is, we were there for what, 19 years or so, at least half the time that we were in the Midbar. Okay, so a shave didn't mean sitting, but it meant settled there. I was there, he was there, but he was standing and learning Torah. And then Rav Amar, this is what? This is the fourth understanding where it says, Rachos Meuma and Vikashos Meushav. He says, when it was very soft, easier to understand Torah, that was done standing. However, Vikashos, when it was very difficult topics, Meyushav, he learned them sitting down. Okay, so <clears throat> the really question is, it seems like there was this balance, at least according to some of the opinions, that even in times of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was this notion that at times you would sit down. But maybe when it came to Rabbi Gamliel after he passed away, maybe it was understood that you always, people were always sitting down because there was like a weakness in the world, but also there was this lack of Kavod Torah. Okay. Let's continue. So it says, Kara echad karua yatsu. So by the Megillah, it said, if one person reads, or even if two people read, you're yatsu, okay? You have two voices simultaneously reading at the same time. So now, Chaf Alpha Mbeis 21b. So it's Tana Masha'in Kimatara. So once again, we learned that's not the case by Torah, right? So we said earlier, what's not the case by the Torah, you cannot read it sitting. And also, we see by the Megillah, What's not the case by the Torah that you can't have more than one person reading. Two people reading from the Torah, you're not Yotze. It has to just be one person reading. Tanur Abban, the rabbis taught. When it comes to reading the Torah, one person reads and one person translates. It used to be that you would have the Targum, even the Targum Unculus, right? So one, the Balkari would read, and then the person would translate in Unculus, in Aramaic, it would be one verse for one verse. I think even in uh, Teman circles, they still, Yemenite circles, they still do that today. As long as you don't have one person reading and two people translating, that would be a problem. Okay, you need one person reading, one person translating. And when it comes to the Navi, however, by the uh, by the Navi and by the Haftaros, you can have one person read and even two people translating at the same time. As long as you don't have two people reading the actual text and two people translating. But when it comes to Hal, when it comes to the Megillah, even if 10 people are reading, even if 10 people simultaneously are reading the words and 10 people then are translating the words, it's fine. You're good to go. So why is that different? Why by Hal and Megillah? Now, it's interesting, by the way, how the Gemara is equating Hal and Megillah, right? There was one opinion said earlier on, why is there no Hal and Purim? And one opinion said it's because the Megillah is the Hal of Purim. Well, anyways, in this particular case, Right, the experience of Hal Megillah. Why is it that ten people can read simultaneously, ten people can translate simultaneously? Why is it? Why are we so lenient by Megillah and by Hal? So my time. What's the reason? Since it's so beloved, both the Hal and the Megillah, so people will give. They will place their daite, their focus, their their in their be very attentive to what they're listening to. And they'll listen. 
they they won't lose focus they won't lose concentration because they're so honed in on what's being read which apparently is not the case by Haftorah, it's not the case by the Torah reading. Those are different experiences, but by the Megillah and by Hallel, you have everyone is locked in to listening. Okay. So he said, in a place where they have the minhag to say the bracha, to say the bracha, in a place where they don't, they don't, which seemed to imply that there are places that don't say a bracha by the Megillah. So Amar Abayi says, We only learned this line in the Mishra regarding the bracha after the Megillah. When it comes to the bracha before the Megillah, mitzvah levarech, it's definitely a mitzvah to say the bracha before the Megillah. There should be no place that doesn't say a bracha before the Megillah. It's only talking about after the Megillah. And that all mitzvos, you have a bracha before you do the mitzvah, before you perform the mitzvah. The bracha comes before the mitzvah is done. Okay, and of course, Mikra Megillah is a mitzvah, so you say the bracha before the mitzvah is done. So, my mashma the high over Lishna de Akadu Mehu. So then the Gemara asks, what's the implication, my mash, what's the implication that the word over, which usually means passing, is a Lishna, is a way of saying Dakadu Mehu, that it precedes, that it comes before. Why does over mean that it comes before the mitzvah? So, Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. So, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, Amarkar, the Pasuk says is in Shmuel, Bet, Perik, Yud, Chet, Pasuk, Chaf, Gimel. It says, Vayorat, Achimaat, Derech, Hakikar, Vayavor, Es Hakushi. This is referring to when Avshalom, David's son, who actually wanted to rebel against David, wanted to, wanted to kill him, wanted to uh, throw him away from uh, being the king, dethrone him. So at the point where Avshalom died, um, they wanted to inform David HaMelech about this. And Yoav felt that you, you send a kushi, this messenger, but Achimaatz wanted to tell David himself. So the Pasuk refers to that he, Achimaatz, ran the, by the way of the plane, and he passed over the kushi, meaning he became in front of the kushi. He was ahead of the kushi before the kushi. Okay, that's one uh, Pasuk which seems to prove this point of that Oiver means before. Abai Amar Mehachas. Abai says, no, it's from here. He's quoting from Bereshis, Paraklam and Gimel, Pasuk Gimel. It says, Vahu Oiver Lifnehem, Huavar Lifnehem, that Yaakov, he passed over, he went in front of the entire family to be the one to approach Asa first, whereas initially he was going to be behind everyone. And that's the second answer. Vibai is saying another one. Mehachas from here, from Micha, Parak Beis, Pasuk Yud Gimel. It says, Vahavor Malkam Lifnehem, Vahashem Bereshem. They'll pass their, their king in front of them, and Hashem was at the head. So you see, Vayavor, it means in front of them, okay, before before them. So Lefaneha, Maimavarok. So now the Gemara asks. So we just proved that, it, yes, Vayavor means that the bracha, the bracha should be before the mitzvah. So what what do you say in the beginning? Lefaneha, Maimavarok. So Ravshesh's Mikat Razia, Ravashi. So Rav Shesh is from Kat Razia. He visited Ravashi and he says, Uvarich Manach. You say the brachos of Manach, which means Mikra Megillah, which means Al um, Anisim, right? Anisim, and then the Ched is Shehechianu. Those are the three brachos. That's the acronym. But it's interesting because Manach means to rest. It sounds very similar to Anchanaka, right? Chanu, you rest on Anchafe. So Manach. 
That's Akram, which, which reminds us of the three brachos, which is in a way we rested from having to worry about our enemies on Purim. But it's Mikra Megillah, it is Sha'asanisim, and it is Sha'achayanu. Okay. And then, so what's the bracha we say after the Megillah? And this is really what the question is. If, you, if your makom is knowing to say the bracha after or not, that's really where the, the minhag comes in. So what's the bracha afterwards? Baruch HaDashem, Lekinu Melcha Olam, Hakel Haravas Rivenu, so bless you Hashem, the King of the Universe, who, who pleads our cause, V'hadanastinenu, judges our claim, V'hanoikem esnikmasenu, who avenges our vengeance, V'hanifra lanu mitzarenu, and who punishes our foes, Hameshalem gemul acholei v'hainavshenu, and takes retribution, Against the enemies of our soul, Baruch Ata Hashem Hanifra Yisrael Mikol Blessed you Hashem, who punishes Yisrael from all of their, or takes retribution to Yisrael from all of their enemies. And then Rav Amar Hakel Mahamoshia, the God of our salvation, the one who who brings salvation. That's what he wanted to conclude with. So Amar Papa, therefore Papa said Hilkach Nimrinhu Letarvayhu. Therefore we say both of them. We say, That was the first gear so that we had of the end bracha. And then we also say as well, right? We add the two together. Okay, we'll stop here. Yashir. Koach.